Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God that we hear this evening is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Why were the shepherds afraid? The simple answer is that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the glory of the Lord shone upon them, and that's an event startling enough that it's understandable why they and any one of us would be afraid. But there's a deeper answer, too, isn't there? All the glory of the Lord, all the sudden light, all the angels would not have made them afraid there was not already at least a seed of fear in their hearts. If I want to scare my nieces, if I want to pop out of a bush and frighten them, I usually wait till night to do it, and that's what an uncle is for, right? You try and do it during the day, it doesn't work as well. You might startle them, but you usually aren't going to really terrify them. Why is it that at night it works so much better? Because they're already a little bit afraid, aren't they? There's already that building fear because of the dark, and then all of a sudden, that sudden jumping out of the bush heightens it. The shepherds were already afraid. The great fear of the shepherds was not a momentary or isolated thing. It was a manifestation of the fear that is in their hearts and in our hearts even right now. The fear that we're not good enough. The fear that sometimes tells us when something bad happens in our life, is God punishing me because of the sin I did yesterday or last week? The fear that makes us angry when somebody points out our mistakes because we know that we failed, but we don't want others to know it. The fear that causes us sometimes to take on 
more duties, more responsibilities than we can reasonably handle just because we want to prove that we are adequate. The fear of our own sin. The writer to Hebrews reminds us in Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their life subject to bondage. We try to ignore it. We try to push it down and forget about it. But there's always that seed of fear, knowing our sin in our hearts. Yet, if we share in the fear of the shepherds, that means we also share in the message of the angels. When the angels proclaimed, fear not, that was not a momentary message meant for those people at that place and at that time. That was a proclamation to the whole world, to you as well. You do not need to be afraid any longer because there is born to you this night a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Do not be afraid. To you these joyful tidings come. To you this great news is proclaimed that to you a Savior is born who brings peace with God and sets us free from fear. To whom is this peace given? What's the first thing the children do when they see their presents or packages piled up under the tree? They go and look at the tags to see which one is theirs, right? They probably start with the biggest present first, hoping that one is their present. Which one has my name on it? Here we have the biggest present in all, peace with God to us. What is the name on the tag? Verse 14 tells us, peace on earth, good will towards men. Sometimes it's translated as it is in, in the New King James here, peace on earth, good will towards men. Other translations flip it around and instead have peace on earth towards men of good will. Both translations are inadequate, but the second one is worse. First of all, this goodwill is not of men. It's not from men to God. It's not from earth to heaven, but from heaven to earth, from God to men. The goodwill that the angels talk about here is not the attitude of men. It's not our goodwill towards God or our goodwill towards one another, but God's goodwill toward us. Ephesians 1.9 having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. It's translated a little differently, but it's the same word. Edokiah, his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. The good pleasure, the goodwill is from God to us. That's why David proclaims, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. The direction is heaven to earth 
as, we, as our, one of our favorite Christmas carols reminds us, right? From heaven above to earth I come. Secondly, the goodwill the angels are talking about here is not exclusive, but rather descriptive. That is to say, it's not saying that peace is given to the men who, are, who have goodwill. It's not separating some men and saying, okay, these are the men who have God's favor. These are the men who have goodwill, and therefore peace is given to them. But these other men, uh, they don't get peace. Rather, it's descriptive of what God has done for all of us. Peace on earth to men who have, all men have, goodwill because of what God has done. If I say to you, I love red Twizzlers, that would be exclusive, right? I'm excluding the black ones, which is true. I am not a big fan of the black, black Twizzlers. But if I say to you, I love Twizzlers candy, the word candy is, is not separating Twizzlers into two different groups, is it? But it's just modifying, describing Twizzlers. That's what we have here. Men of goodwill. It's not excluding some, but telling us from the angels, describing what men are now. Men are now the receivers of God's goodwill. This peace, this goodwill is to all men. If there was any doubt as to whose name is on the, the present here, we just look back at verse 10 to what the angels initially said to the shepherds. Glad, good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Fear not. This peace of God, which the angels speak about, and which Jesus brings, is to you, because it is to all. You are men who have God's favor, God's goodwill, because God has given it to us all. What sign, then? What sign do we have to know the truth of God's promise? What sign do we have to know that the, we have this peace from God? God always gives signs with all of his promises. He gave a sign to Adam and Eve. He gave a sign to Noah. He gave a sign to Abraham. He said, look at the stars in the sky. He gave a sign to Moses. He gave a sign to Gideon and to David. And we could spend all night talking about all the different signs God gave throughout Scripture so that men would have surety, certainty of his promises. What sign does God give us to know that we have this peace from God? And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. A baby lying in a manger from a human standpoint might not seem like that great of a sign. After all, babies are born all the time. And if they, all don't be, if they aren't all placed in a manger, well, it wouldn't be the first time that parents had to make do with something that was less than ideal. Probably not the first time. A baby was put in a manger. I don't know of any examples, but I imagine it happened before and since. A baby in a manger from a human standpoint probably doesn't seem like that great of a sign. But from a divine standpoint, there's no greater sign that God could give us. You can ask my wife after church today, after service tonight, ask uh, to see her... Uh, her wedding ring. The diamond I gave her is not much of a diamond. It's pretty small. 
And every time I suggest I should buy her a bigger one, she tells me no. It's not much of a diamond, but the value isn't in the size of the diamond, is it? But in what it means to her. The baby in a manger might not seem like much from a human perspective, and yet the shepherds run. Let us now go with haste to see this thing, to see this sign. They just saw the angels, but they don't care about the angels. They, say they care about running to see the sign the angels spoke about. And Mary keeps all these things and treasures them in her heart. And afterwards, the, the, the shepherds go everywhere telling everyone about this child. I'm sure they mentioned the angels as well, but that wasn't what excited them. What excited them was, we saw a baby in a manger. I not seem like much of a sign from a human point of view, but from God's view, this is his only begotten son. What greater thing could he have given to us to assure us that of his love towards us, to assure us of his peace? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He who did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all. Baby lying in a manger, again, might not seem like a lot from a human point of view, but it's the thing God treasures the most. It's the same thing he asked of Abraham, isn't it? He said to Abraham, take your son, your only son Isaac, and sacrifice him. And when Abraham was willing to do it, God said, now I know, now I know that you love me. The same sign that God asks of Abraham, he gives to us. His only begotten son. You want a sign to know that you have peace with God? You want a sign to know that you no longer need to fear? There's no greater sign than this baby in a manger. We might be jealous that we didn't get to see the angels with the shepherds, or that we didn't get to see the star with the wise men. We have a greater sign than either of those. We still have the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. This is the sign that assures us of our peace. This is the sign that assures us we no longer need to fear. Fear not! For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Peace on earth to all men and to you, and this shall be the sign for you, a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Amen.